Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920. I'm Cleve Gaddis, host of this show. In fact, host of 600 or more radio shows broadcast right here in Metro Atlanta. And I'm joined on the line by my favorite person on earth, Tammy Slay. Hello. How are you? I'm good, Cleve. How are you, Tim? Good. For those who listen to the show regularly, you know Tammy's my girlfriend, lives in Dallas. She's a real estate broker just like I am. And so when she's available, I love to ask her to come on and join us on the show. And I'm so glad that you are here. And I say Happy New Year again because we keep doing it at every single segment, even though I wished you a Happy New Year, right at New Year's morning. Very first thing, I wished you a Happy New Year. It's too to so Happy New Year. You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we really have a goal of helping listeners go from real estate novices to expert. We want to take all of the questions out of the home buying and selling process so you can do it with total confidence and without all the worry that is so typical with life's biggest investments. And you can connect with me. You can connect with anybody on the Modern Traditions Realty Group team. And you can connect with Tammy by going to gogaddisradio.com. You can ask questions that we answer on air, off air. You can make comments, positive or negative comments. You can share ideas with us, which we totally love. You can request we do some additional research on your neighborhood to help you understand as an owner in the neighborhood how you might have a competitive advantage and you can subscribe to our podcast. Tammy, do you ever listen to our podcast or our videos that we post on social media? Absolutely. Love it. Hey, let's jump into this. You got a question from a home seller in your market about a 1031 exchange. Now, for those who don't know what a 1031 exchange is, 1031 references the Internal Revenue Code, Section 1031, that allows an owner of real estate to com- to exchange like property for like property, investment property for investment property. And if they were exchanged and no money changed hands between the two parties, there, there would be no taxable gain. So any taxes you might owe on the sale of the property could be deferred until sometime later. So tell everybody the question that you got. It was the very first time I had ever heard that question. Same for me too, right, which right. is why we have the discussion around it. Right. <laughs> so um, it is a client of ours, an investor client who yep. bought a, a really nice home about a year and a half ago, and would now, like to sell. Can, can we clarify? Really nice five mid fives for for an investment yes. property. So it's a really nice investment property, mid fives. Mid fives. Okay. And the investment hasn't worked out for him. And now he wasn't our investor client back then, but he's approached. He us. is now. I had throw that out there. Well, no, but he reached out to you because he's desperate to find somebody to help him rent his house, but he really doesn't want to rent it. He really wants to sell it. And so you're coming in to kind of help him solve a problem that probably another real estate agent should have helped with before he got him into the deal. Yes. Yes. Because he is not going to get the rental rate on it that he initially thought he would be getting on it. Quite a big difference in what he thought he was going to get. Would you mind? I know we haven't talked about properties, but what did he think he was going to get and what what do you think he would get? So he was thinking he was going to get $3,000 and um, realistically, he's likely going to get $2,500 to $2,600 on a good day. Wow. And so a significant difference in the monthly rate. Sure is. Uh, so he came to us and he said, I think I just want to sell it. Um, now, when I ran the numbers, even on, for, you know, what he would need um, to break even, the market's not supporting even that need. So when I ran the numbers and, and had the discussion with him, he's going to lose, you know, if it sells today at the price of 
I think it will likely sell at. It's about thirty grand. Right. It's going to lose, and not just value, but you know, cost of sale and cost of purchase, and taking all those fees and considerations in there. And so the question came up: Well, does he do a ten thirty one? And so that was the question. Was and, and so really, and I'm sorry to talk over you, but the question is: Is there any advantage to me, tax wise? to do a 1031 exchange. I think that was the question he was asking. Remember, Tammy's not a lawyer. She's not a CPA. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a CPA. So you want to talk to your tax experts about this. But I said to Tammy, Tammy, I don't see any reason why someone would do a 1031 exchange when they're losing money. A 1031 exchange allows someone who has a gain. So I bought a property for $300,000. i am selling it for $500,000. let us just say my gain is two hundred. It wouldn't be two hundred because you'd have some depreciation and some additional expenses that you had, uh, had incurred in the property. But let's just say it's $200,000. So I don't want to pay tax as an investor on the $200,000 gain, so I do a 1031 exchange so I can take for a small fee that $200,000 in equity that I've gained and I can put it in another property without having it be a taxable event. So let's just say I paid long-term capital gains on it. Maybe I pay 15, 20, 25, depending upon my tax bracket in terms of long-term capital gains taxes. And that would take the 200,000 and let's just say it was 25%. It would bring it down to 150,000 that I had to invest, but I want to invest the whole 200,000. I don't want to pay tax. And so in your guy's case, it doesn't make any sense to do that. So I happen to have some experience with capital losses, embarrassed to admit that on the radio, but uh, I purchased a business back in 2006 and had some significant capital losses, and I purchased a couple homes over the years where I was going to flip them and make money like your guy. He's not wanting to flip it, but he probably thought being a real estate investor was easier than it is, and I lost money. And so in the tax code, and again, you've got to talk to a tax expert, it allows you to carry forward losses. So if you have a capital loss... I can continue to carry that forward on my taxes until I have a capital gain that I can use to offset it. There's also a way to offset, to offset a little bit of your personal income, but I'll leave that to the experts. So your guy, when he closes on his sale, let's say that after expenses to you and everything, he loses 30000 then he should be able to keep that 30000 in capital losses, and he should be able to keep it as long as he wants to. And when he has a $30,000 capital gain someday, which I assume he will have on something, then there would be no taxes due. Sounds like a win-win in a scenario that's not necessarily a win-win. No, it's a win-win out of a lose. And so I think he's a really smart man, to be honest with you. And if I could just say this, I've never met him, never talked to him. But to admit, hey, I might have gotten myself into something that's not going to work out the way I thought it would work out. And by the way, I don't want anybody to think we're implying that investing in real estate it has a low chance of working out because in most cases it has a very high chance of working out. But as we talked about at the beginning of the show, if you don't know everything you need to know, so if you don't really fully understand the monthly rental fair market value of a property and you make a decision based on it being able to rent it for, you know, 500, 600, 700 bucks a month more, you might be better off just cutting your losses and moving on because it could be that over time his losses would continue to accumulate. He, his losses would get bigger than 30, 40, 50,000, something like that. So I say kudos to him. Yeah, I do too. He, he's a good man and he, he's, he's thinking about it correctly and he's already been in touch with his CPA and so he knows. they got plan. Good. And did he confirm that what we were telling him was, was actually accurate or do you know yet? Um, I know a little bit. Okay. There okay. is 
there was some kind of, and, and I don't got the information in front of me, but a certain number of years that can, the loss can be carried. Oh, on. only for a certain number of years. Okay. Cause I yeah. thought it was indefinitely. So, um, but I, I don't got it right here exactly. Yep. Um, so he, he's continuing to look in it and we're looking at other properties and we're just exploring all the different avenues. But it was an interesting question. And I think there might be, you know, I, these kind of questions that come up that you and I always don't know, like, oh, this is an interesting Look scenario. Into it. Right? Yep. Always a good um, learning experience. It is, but it means that there's someone else out there thinking the same thing. Someone oh. else out there that is struggling with the same thing. And they may not want to admit, I messed up and yeah. I bought into something I shouldn't have. And so I, I like this segment because it, it gives space for someone else, another investor who is not pleased to be able to raise their hand and say, I'm not alone. Can you help me? Can you run my numbers? Can you kind of just talk strategy with me? Love that. And if you are in Dallas, you want to find somebody, reach out to us at gogaddisradio.com. We'll hook you up with Tammy. If you want to talk about investments in Metro Atlanta, we can certainly do that at gogaddisradio.com. Tammy, we've had many people over the last few months, uh, you know, when we've told them, hey, interest rates have gone down, who have said, really, what difference does it make anyway? And um, the answer is it makes a big, big difference in your payments. So we ran some numbers on October the 26th of this year. The national average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was 7.79%. December the 28th, two months later, the average 30-year fixed rate was 5.93%. It went from almost 8 to under 6% in two months. Isn't that amazing? Now, October the 26th, that payment would have been twenty three hundred. Now, this is on a $450,000 mortgage. <coughs> I just took that. That's a little higher than average in Metro Atlanta, probably a little higher than average mortgage in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth as well. But I just wanted to use it because it was easy numbers. $3,236.30 would be the monthable, monthly principal and interest payment at 7.79%. At 5.93%, the monthly payment would go to $2,771.51. So that means interest rates going from 7.79 to 5.93 decrease your monthly payment by 14.37%. You save four hundred and sixty-four dollars and seventy-nine cents a month. Now, interestingly, somebody asked me, "Okay, well, let's say that I could have afforded the thirty-two hundred dollar payment. How much more home can I buy today with the lower interest rate than I could have bought on October the twenty-sixth?" And so I did some calculations, and at the new interest rate, it cost you six dollars and sixteen cents per thousand that you finance. I just put that in my mortgage calculator. Now remember, we're leaving taxes, we're leaving insurance off of this just to keep it clean, which means that with a $464.79 decrease in payment, a home buyer could afford a $75,000 more expensive house. Tammy, we've got to take a quick break because we've got to make sure we're paying the bills, but we'll come back in just a minute because I know you have something to say, and I'll give you an opportunity to say it in the fourth segment. When we come back, we're featuring Barrett Green and Kennesaw in our neighborhood spotlight. And what should you do if your home is listed and you aren't getting any showing? Stick with us. We'll have that and more. We'll be back. <laughs> 